Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and we are back for another strategy round table. Almost... Not quite, but almost at the halfway point of your 2023 fantasy season. And as we head into the new round, there is plenty to discuss. Joining me on this episode, fellow Coaches Panel co-founder, 2020 Dream Team champion, and one of the key reasons you keep coming back to the podcast, i got Rids on. Hello, mate. How are you? Hey, mate. How you going? So what, did people forget who I am and then like they come back to see what I'm going to say again this week? Or No, I think, let's be honest, one of the key reasons outside of uh, yourself, Mittybug, Kane, and, and a number of others that are a part of the coaches panel throughout this preseason and season proper, we just want to hear your hot takes. So the good news is it's a bit old school for us. It's just you and I on the pod. Uh, for this episode. So I'm keen to unleash some of your thoughts in a second. We're going to get to our Patreon questions. Uh, they have given us some absolute rippers. So I want to get to that. If you'd like to join our Patreon supporter group, all the details are in the description link of this podcast. I want to talk about and look at some common mistakes that people are making. I want to unpack that. I want to talk upgrade targets, cash cows. But first off, Rids, this episode's been recorded post the Thursday evening team, so our Friday and Saturday teams. We know who's playing. We've got the extended squads. Any pain, concerns, or things that from the squads that have come out after Thursday night teams? I think Chincotta is the one that we got to talk about, isn't it? He's I sitting so. on an extended bench, and they named Boyd as well. So that's a bit of a worry. And it's not just that. It's... McGovern's played relatively well. Saad, we know how he's played. Newman has played well. Doherty's played well. And they've got those key position backs through there. So that halfback line, pretty solid. We know their wings at Carlton are relatively solid. And you mentioned not just who's been named on field. If you look as a part of that extended bench, that does start to open up those questions and concerns. Now, the good news is, depending on the time you're listening to this podcast, you might already know. But at, for most people listening ahead of times, if you're looking at that extended bench with Hewitt, Owies, Kennedy, Fisher, Cottrell, Sincotta, Boyd, and De Koning, there's, you know, Hewitt, let's say he's safely in. De Koning, maybe not. Kennedy probably should. Always is no certainty. I thought Cottrell was all right last week. Fisher is always floating around in and out of the 22. So if he if he is out, let's talk that through for people so it's time relevant. And he's been on field. Is it just as simple as put your Wilmot, your Bergman, whoever it is, and put them on the field and hope? Or, or is that a, a potential trade need for people? No, I think that's as simple as that. I don't... I think it's getting to the stage of being so late in the week now. You you don't really want to shift left um, mm-hmm. unless there's a real viable option of shifting left. So, so in this kind of world, if you're absolutely sold on who you were trading into, yeah, by all means, stick with them. See whether you can find another avenue. Maybe it's a chincotta to 
a cheaper rookie, like in AF, um, mm-hmm. for instance. Maybe it's um, a Drury, for instance, in um, Dream Team and Supercoach this week. Maybe it might be an option to go to him somehow and then put a bit of money on someone's head. But I think the th- interesting part for me is we've copped a few injuries in this week. Mm. Like that we've got the Mills, we've got the Setterfield, we've got the Steel likely. Well, question mark on Steel. We've got Mitch Duncan was a, a, a relatively growing in popularity cheap defender that people were looking at. Yeah, but um, let's talk Steel for a second. Yeah, okay? So this is my mate, this is one of my massive issues with Steel right now. Last game of the round, MJ. Mm-hmm. We've got Rossi Lyon making all the right comments about a late out. Yep. Like we're not going to risk anyone who's not fit after playing Marshall last week with everything. <laughs> like we had all the you know bells and whistles and we had all the um, noise coming out and everyone was pretty much waiting for Marshall to be a laid out. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that. What was it called? The T two, I think they call it. Yeah, their days. second training session of the week. Yeah, the T yeah. two. Um, so Marshall missed that last week, and that's yes, the sir. one that Ross Lyon said yesterday was the one that you need to actually get through to be named. Yeah, so, and that's about still his captain. So, so yeah, there's a little bit of um uncertainty there, isn't there? There is. Look, there is some benefit, I suppose, for people that are steel owners. There's no real point saving a trade that late in the week, especially in AFL fantasy. Dream Team and Supercoach, you might have the boost leveler, but the opportunities, you can always look at your bench. But it's GWS and, like, I'm the greatest champion of Josh Kelly going around outside of maybe a couple of others, but outside of him and even him, I don't know if I'd want to make a steal to Kelly trade through the midfield, even a, a Cogs will talk about DPPs, I'm sure. As good as he's been this year, we're about to get an influx of potentially three, maybe four better premium forwards than him too. So I think you're kind of rolling the dice on the bench and just hoping it goes okay for you. I'll tell you what though, MJ, you wouldn't want to be trading into a round 15 player right now with like a lot of our teams are going to struggle in round 15. Well, without an exit like- strategy, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you have a look at those teams, mate. You've got, um, they're playing GWS, yeah? So mm-hmm. that's the that's first correct. thing. So it's not going to leave you many options. So you're pretty much going to either have to trade out of him. And um, so if you're highly ranked right now, the it's defensive to move to out you. of him, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you think about Supercoach, for instance, like you would have only just recently traded into him anyway in Supercoach. Yeah. Maybe via Miller. Oh every chance. And how unlucky would that have been? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's just awkward. If you're in the top 100 in Supercoach and you own Steel and he's the last one of that buy round and everyone else is trading with their boosts, mm. it's just an awkward spot to be in. So you're almost going to have to run as deep as possible. You know, do you risk the loop? Um, yeah. Like, and you're not going to be able to really loop two rookies on field because you won't know until very late. So you're going to have to get one hit on the bench emergency. Maybe it's a sharp, maybe yep. it's like whoever else is on there, but it's potentially um, a Harry Sharp this week. And I'm sure we're going to talk about rookies later. Yeah, I want to get to the cows in a sec. Yeah, so yeah, Sharp so Saturday night, you've got Humphrey Saturday night, you've got Nevit 
Saturday early afternoon. Maybe it's Davy Saturday night. But even that, like if you think about the time, and it's amazing how many times this works like this when you've got a few dramas in your teams. <laughs> like it's amazing that your two bench loopholes play at the same time on a Saturday night. Correct. Like and it's like, oh, now I can't even loop between the two. Like and so it becomes problematic and it becomes difficult to manage this. So yeah, it's just really it's awkward. It's tough. You know, like Brisbane playing Gold Coast, obviously yep. in Cairns. Like yep. I mean lots in there too. Yeah. How much faith do you have with any winger? Mm. Cairns, like, and I mean, we we know Sharp and we know Wilmot are playing wing. So, mm. like, I mean, you can't see that being conducive at night to a monster winger. Oh, any, rookie any, anywhere in Queensland at, at night's never good. So uh, other cows that are potentially coming through for us is Noah Long and Campbell Chester. They've been on extended benches too. So I think the promising sign for people is if they've not been careless and callous with their cows, their bench shouldn't be as bad as it might have felt two or three weeks ago. Um, it, now, if you've been callous and got rid of a bunch of these red dot guys and moved them into others like a Johnson or a Roberts, okay, well, now you've compounded the pain. But those have been a bit patient, um, knowing that this does happen every single year, that we see some rookie roulette both in scoring and availability. It, it's not too bad. I suppose, Riggs, that's something I want to talk to you about is, there's this notion that's come out of the community at the moment that I think is false, but I want your take on it. And the, and the take is we have no cash cows available to us. I think it's false sentiment. What's your take on the, we don't have good cows at the moment to downgrade to. So it or, yeah, like, I mean, there's definitely cows. There's cows every week. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, I think it's wrong, but I think what happens is, there's no cows that people are willing to pay for at a certain price bracket. And that's because it. it's AF, um, because that's where most of the noise comes from is AF in this world at the moment sure. is the guys are getting like the players are getting those price rate um, changes from first week game yeah. and it goes week to week to week. So then you've got a real decision if you're trading into a $350,000 rook compared to like a 200. Like, I mean, in the AF world that we live in, mm -hmm. you like really the ideal world would be you're trading into a rook that starts with a price of two. Yeah. Like, like a, a Drury type. If you haven't already got him. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But super coach, for instance, and, dream team because there's a role in like three game like average and everyone and people are on the bubble you mm -hmm. you pretty much get um downgrade options week to week and the yeah. only time that you don't get one is when you jump early onto one correct like and i know a lot of people would have jumped onto chincotta for instance early yeah after his second week yeah and i mean rightfully so it's been proven that way um so but what it does is it does teach you that the old mentality of super coach and dream team of waiting until the rookie gets their third game mm -hmm. and to wait and be patient, like it does sometimes pay dividends. Yeah, it does. You make this interesting point about being prepared to 
trade up at the break evens the players that have got the lowest break evens across the formats we've listed them for you at coachespanel.tv i wrote an article talking about trade priorities look let's use some names that are at the trading out period and the trading in period as as unpacking this thought process a little bit Kay chandler in af let's use that format that you've used as an illustration well he has Chandler's to go about, he's 500k he's he's got a break even that means He's going to start undoing that work that he's done if he, if he can't be traded out now. No, but You're he has to go. So, I agree uh, with that. MJ, let's just call it what it is. Trade out. If you if don't have any other injuries, plans, he's got Yeah, go. well, injuries is going to be the underlying factor. Always so, is. And we just talked about Cedarfield. We just talked about Mills. And, like, if we're talking about luck, we spoke about luck last week, yeah? We did. So, and we pretty much speak about luck every week. How unlucky for people that traded into Callum Mills. Like, oh, seriously. So like Horrible luck. It's like those that traded into Miller. Like, it's just, it's, it's just horrible luck. But it it's happens. Part of the game. It's part of the game. Those yeah. that started Josh Kelly in round one instead of Tom Green. Horrible luck. You know, that's just luck. Kelly then goes off for a vest-infected um, affected score, concussion. He goes off at, what was it, three-quarter time? Or yeah, he was that. on track for a 110-plus easy. Yeah, and then you you pull up stumps, you get a 90 for him, then you miss the next week, and the likelihood is you're potentially trading from Josh Kelly to Tom Green, where yeah. other teams then get that step up, and AF it particularly, where and they the go in and well. grab in the cash cow, the extra... You know, well, they get the Chandler probably rookie. if they missed him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly right. So, and that's where the luck factor comes into it so heavily. And we know that um, round one, like Tom Green, was fifty percent owned pretty much across the board. Mm. So it's like it would have been highly unlikely people starting two GWS mids. Sure. Um, not saying they wouldn't have happened. It's no. unlikely to. Um, and so that's where the luck factor comes. And then suddenly, if you go do that, you could have potentially gone Kelly to Green. Mm-hmm. And then when Green got suspended, you could have gone Green <laughs> to Took Miller. Oh my and God. then Took Miller may have got injured on the same week that you traded into him. Yep. And then you go, oh, no. I'll and then Callum you traded Mills. him into Callum Mills. Or Jack Steele. Jack Steele. Let's let's say Jack Steele, okay. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you go, oh no, I've had a problem here. And then you go, and we've seen this with the Rucks for years, MJ. Yeah. Remember how people um were so adverse to go and set and forget? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we swung full circle and we're now we're jumping onto set and forget because mm-hmm. we hated going from mid-pricer to mid-pricer to mid-pricer to mid-pricer. Mm-hmm. And like one of the underlying factors, and everyone talks about the obvious, yeah? Oh, <laughs> when we're looking at people to trade into, MJ, we go, oh, we want to look for value, okay? Sure. So we go, who's the representative of value this week? And last week, Callum Mills was at the top of that list. No doubt. But what happens is if you cop a bit of bad luck with that, and I think everyone that owns Callum Mills right now is like they understand this absolutely you don't just cop that poor score you then cop that loss of sixty thousand, eighty thousand, whatever it and is on the format because yeah. they were representative of value already they're, they're in no man's become, land again yeah they're, they're like stuck in the middle of nowhere 
Yeah. Like you can't, you need to, let's just use AF for a second. Sure. You need two trades. You need to trade someone out to get cash to then mm-hmm. put on top of Callum Mills head, or you need to sideways to someone who's seen as a risk, mm-hmm. or you need to go down to try and generate some cash to, to make it back again. to get it rolling again. So there's, there's so much to this. And I know that, like, I mean, value 100%. We're all looking for value at the end of, of the course. day. Yeah? We're trying to generate money, upgrade our side, get the premium targets we want. Absolutely. But if bad luck hits your value option, you're really up, a, you know, a particular creek without a paddle. And it's like, a two to three week process that can really slow your, your upgrade cadence down as well. Exactly. And then you think about it, dream team at Supercoach, at least there's a boost aspect where you, if you hit sure. bad luck, you can hit the boost. You can then try and alleviate that. Or if you get, and it works so many ways, like you can then use that extra trade that you mm. pull it into that week to generate that cash back. But in AF, where you've only got those two trades a week and you're using a trade to generate cash to put on, a value guy's head who then got injured and lost cash. Like it makes a world of pain. Yeah. So and that's oh. just luck. And it's yeah. so unfortunate. No one, no one likes that. Yeah. No, well, like, it I doesn't mean, make you a bad coach. It's just luck's a part. Nah, of it. yeah. It's just a part of the game, but that's the risk that's entailed with buying into those value options. And like, I mean, you don't want to predict injuries. You don't like, in, no. and they don't often happen. But we saw it ourselves, MJ. We we traded into Took Miller, who yeah. we saw as representative of value. Yep. He dropped tens of thousands from that forty score. You think about the poor Callum Mills owners with three, even like, more. Let alone those that captained him. My goodness. Yeah, but let's let's look at back and you ask me specifically about the rooks, okay? And let's have a look at AF, for instance. Sure. We've got Harry Sharp with a minus eight break even right now, I believe, is it not? I, I didn't look at your article, sorry, mate, with your break. Mate, I, I'll take absolutely all the offence in the world to you not doing it. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, that's that means you've got an option, yeah? Yeah, yes. 290K break even of minus but seven. that's average. the point, MJ. 290k he's not 200k or mm-hmm. 220k that we get used to and spoiled for choice especially earlier on in the season when people are getting debuts and everything else yep. when teams are trying to work out who their best 22 are and everything else and again this is why look at Seamus Mitchell mm. okay he came out and popped the 95 last week across the board in AF Mm. He's I still got a break even of seven. He's still going to make you 50, 80, 90, 100,000, whatever it is over the next three to four weeks running up to his buy. But you're paying 400K. The problem is you're paying 400,000 to it. So well, Bailey Humphrey's in that same category. You could probably put. Well, um, he's another one. Mitch Nevitt. It, it, they're more in the mid 300s, but it's the same process. But what about the. Everyone wants the quick generator, okay? And a couple of weeks ago, I told people like, um, and I explained it the best I could, was you need those rookies with the highest scoring potential to actually make the cash quicker. Mm. 
But how about the slow burn ones? Now, years ago, we used to love these ones because they had the best job security. Now, yeah. I'm going to name a name that is not showy or anything else. And I think Louis's been big on him since day one, and that's Artie mm. Jones. Yeah. In fact, he is possibly the best job security rook of the year. Well, like, and he's in top five in super coach break-evens. He's got a break-even of minus 34 in that format. It's not as great in, in dream team and fantasy, but again, he's he's one of the better ones and with around 15 by. But he's 320,000. That's the problem. Now you're trading in, in AF. Like now you're trading into a guy. He's made 100,000, 120,000. He's, he's got a break even of three. But the problem mm. is his flaw or inconsistency of high scoring potential isn't enough to make you enough from that price point now. Anymore. Yeah, correct. Or we'll at least have confidence over it. Now, sure. he might come out and pop three 90s in a row when he makes 150,000. And you look like days. a genius. Sure. But the thing is, like, I mean, do you have the confidence that's going to happen? No, I don't. I don't think I. anyone would. And that's the <laughs> problem. So it's really, we've got to wait and we've got to get lucky now. We had that discussion last week about Dylan Williams. Hmm. Now, everywhere I was listening to on podcasts and because I was talking about doing that analysis, a, a bit yeah. of better understanding, they were all saying he is a rookie. Do not go into him because he's too much. Sure. Yeah, but he came out and popped a 60 last week and the poor kid had cramps going on. I've never seen anything in my oh, life. He was off the field for ages in the third quarter too. And he yeah. popped a 90 the week before and he was only 350. Now he made, what was it? 60,000 last week from memory. In AF, yeah. In AF, yeah. So he's popped enough, 60,000. He's got a break even of eight this week, I believe. Yeah, single digits there. So if he pops another 60, 50 this week, he's still going to go up enough. So he's made probably 100,000 in those two-week window. And guess what? We're talking about Chandler as a trade-out option. Mm -hmm. We've got a guy now that's made 100,000 in those two weeks when we're trading out a Chandler that replaces Chandler. Well, that's, that's right. You've got options. You've got Williams if you don't have him. You're only making 100K, but you're regenerating the cash. Humphrey, you're only making 140K, but you're also restarting the cash generation. Never uh, restarting the cash generation, but only making another uh, $170,000. So this is the way in AFL Fantasy and to an extent in Dream Team and Supercoach too, you've got to be able to do it and not just go, oh, I'll go all the way down to the basement guy that's 123 in Dream in Supercoach or 191 in Dream Team. Like you, you have to find these other ways to remove that cash. Yeah, and like let's look at Supercoach now. Okay, mm. we were so busy looking at Rory Atkins that potentially we missed Josh Weddle. Yeah. Like, and we spoke about this a couple of times now. We were so, we sometimes we get so caught up looking at the shiny red car driving past <laughs> that we forget that there are other cars driving past us at the same time when we should be looking. Yeah. Like you think about it a couple of weeks ago, everyone was on the hype train about, I can't remember who it was. But no, it was Rory Atkins. No, a couple of weeks ago, it was actually before that. And what happened was we missed Darcy McPherson at that point in time. Yeah. Oh, it was Butters. 
was it, it was butters the at the time yeah, yeah whoever going, it yeah. was but there was hype when we do this every week we go through the same hop. like i mean look at today look right now ben hobbs is the i've never seen hype generated over a guy that's playing what zero cbas last week mm-hmm. i've never seen this crazy hype yet mm. But what we've done is, and I'm not saying Hobbs isn't a good pick yet. Sure. What I'm saying, though, is it depends who you're trading out to Hobbs. That's right. Now, if you're going like a Chandler, and we only talked a minute ago, you don't have to go, like my preference is to go down a little bit, cash a bank, a bit of cash so you can yeah, use sure. it next, like in another way. And then that money will be re-earned in a short period of time. Sure. So, but if you have to sort of jump across from a Chandler to a Hobbs, why not? That's fine. Because like, I mean, Hobbs has got the opportunity. He's got Mm -hmm. potential. He's Mm -hmm. got junior numbers. We Mm -hmm. know the kid's talented. He's got a great draw. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, wouldn't that be a smart option? And I've seen people say, not to jump across like that. But I think it's actually really, really smart. If you can absolutely see that guy making 100000 or anywhere up to 100000 in AF or any other format for that instance, why not? If instead of going down to a rookie that may be out next week and not generate anything, or even worse, MJ, what mm. this time of year, what does... What's the most common thing for all rookies right now? What do they smell? MJ? They smell uh, a little red and green vesty to me, mate. Yeah, they all do. Let's have a look Every at the names. Every single one of them. Sharp, vesty. Yep. yep. Johnson, vesty. Yep. Even Artie Jones, if he has a quiet day, he's mm-hmm. ending in a red vest. Nevitt. Nevitt. Humphrey. Weddle. Smelly. What about uh, Chesser? Yep, smelly. What about Long? Yeah, got that let's, stank. Let's even go a bit another step. Atkins. Mitchell, he's already been vested. Do we have to go on? Every no. single one of these rooks smells re- vesty at this point in time. Guess and who- arguably, Ritz, all have the same job security question of they're only one or two bad games away from getting dropped. And you look at it now. Mr. Berry from the Gold Coast. Didn't he- play. He's going to be a red. He's going to be in the vest, I reckon. This I week. think he's green vest. Yeah, I agree. So straight away, he's on the bubble in Supercoach and Dream Team. You've got to put a line through him if he is a vest. Mm. So you just can't go there now. So as as annoying as that is, that's what's happening. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. It's why you know that we we started this conversation about cows. Is we always look at every year as if it's oh, it's never happened like this before, but it has. We always trade into premiums mid-season that just bad luck of injuries of the Miller and Mills. It's bad luck, but it happens every year. The cows at this time of the year always have job security concerns. And rarely are you trading into them with like, yes, I'm getting eight weeks of elite junior fantasy scoring. It's going, I think, and I hope, and I don't want them on the field, but if I have to, let's only do it for a week or two. This is the pace, the pace we're in every single year, and that's okay. But sometimes we just treat every year as unique. That This has never happened before, and 
no, it's it's a repeat of 2021, 2022, 2020. Like, this is what fantasy footy is this time of the year. And we just got to suck it up. Yeah. Like, whatever happens, exactly. happens, yeah? And then we just adjust to it. There's different ways to make money. Yeah. Like, there, and we've talked about some of those already of jumping across to Hobbs, going to a Chandler down to uh, Humphrey. Like, there's multiple ways of getting there. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there's ways of going, like, and, I mean, we call it a broadband, only because yeah. some moron bloody did yeah. a stupid, crazy yeah. thing a couple of years ago and got Matty Broadband in with mm-hmm. a minor stick. <laughs> but the thing is, okay, we call it a broadband. Yeah, like AF, you got two trades, potentially three trades a week coming up through the buys. Yeah, why not? If you need to take a premium who's absolutely flown for you, mm-hmm. and you want to go and trade into a cheaper premium who you believe is going to average five points less, let alone between now. You know, you know, something that's really close to the mark and it gives you 150, 200,000. Why not? Why is that taboo? So like, let's put some names on that. So someone like Marcus Bontempelli. Yep. Let's actually put some AF names on it. Going to be around about 950 at the buy. Give or take, maybe some variables will come. But this has really only had a couple of really popped ceiling games. Could you consider trading into a Miller off the back of, if, if he's back from his buy, that's a big unknown, but trying to put some names on it to help people. Could you get behind that sort of 150K sort of cash generation move? Well, he's probably the one that you've probably picked the worst example of the lot, only sure. because the dog's buy, um, draw opens up after the buy. Sure. Okay. So what I would do is I'm going to put a name to it. I'm going to go Please. Tom Green. We were Great. all um, unsure of him at the start of the year in AF. Mm-hmm. He's the better part of a million dollars right now, or mm-hmm. he's, you know, 23000 less. Why couldn't you go Tom Green into a Took Miller if he's back after his buy and bank 150000 $200,000? let us go a Mills around round 15, 16, 17 if he comes back. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you make that? Now... In my eyes, I don't see much points difference between the two, but you're banking 200000 for that trade, potentially. Yeah. You know, And we've seen that guy, and we look, we're lucky that we're doing this on a Thursday, yeah, because we've sure. got teams. There's yeah. a guy, like, there's people around the spot. Like, you know, there's always someone. There's always someone that appears – Every single team of us, every single team in the preseason had one mid-pricer in Elliot Yo. Okay. All preseason. Oh, yep. All right. Let's do it. But if you traded into a medium pricer and you got lucky, and let's say Zebel, for instance, and Zebel's gone up to 850,000. And Elliot Yo's had a little bit of bad luck and he's dropped a little bit more than what he was starting at. And we were interested in the preseason of what he started at. Why is that? And we know Elliot Yo's a super coach gun. Mm-hmm. So let's look at super coach. Why not make that move? 
you know, and bring in an Elliot Yo. Because, like, really, Zeeble's just a really, really good selection of a yep. bid pricer that's gone boom. That's gone well for you. Yeah. Yeah. So in Supercoach, if you're going like, and right now it's perfect on a Thursday. And this is what I was going to say earlier. Like North Melbourne's had a little bit of turmoil, a little bit of news coming out of it today. Yep. So who knows where this lands? Yeah. Yeah. We, we just don't know. I think everyone who we've seen Aaron Hall's been named again in the team. We've mm-hmm. seen, like, I mean, something's got to break there at some stage. Something's got to change. It, I agree. Is Brett Ratton the circuit breaker? Who knows what that means? But the thing is, if you're uncertain about a Jack Zeeble's future moving forward. Post by, yeah. Yeah, in Supercoach, and Elliot Yo comes back, plays two, three games, you know, that price. Jump on the bubble. Why not jump on the bubble when it's the most appropriate on the break even and you've got a little bit of confidence because he's played two or three games? Yeah, I like it. Why not look at that? Oh, like, I agree. Well, Nat Fife's another one. He'll be under 250000 well, in Super at the buy. He's the done. best one to look at. Unbelievable. But guess what, MJ? He's mm. also an option in Supercoach and Dream Team particularly. Mm. Why can't you go... Um, a dead rook that's sitting on your bench. Let's call it a Corey Wagner. Okay. Yeah. People might have been big Roberts. on him in Dream yeah. Team and Supercoach. Why not just spend that extra 50, 100,000, whatever it is, and get yourself a swing bench mid to forward the what F7 oh, to M9 swing exactly. guy? And with, you with might potential be potential of being 100. On field, if at the seven needed, mate, we're we're already hearing stories about Fife getting more and more mid time when he comes back, and he's he's Ooh. playing this, this week, week in the twenty two. Yeah. I think he'll get red vested this week, just as I part 100%. of that management too. Well, I think um, Johnson is a hundred percent locked into the green vest, and I think it makes even more sense that Fife will be the red vest if that's the case. Uh, I think that's right. You, you've done some really nice work there, helping people unpack and process some movements both now and in the next couple of weeks. I want to throw some names at you and then we've got to hit some of our Patreon questions about guys that are in that upgrade cadence. There's some guys that I think from a, um, maybe you could say they're ripe for the picking. I want to get your thoughts on them. First name out of the gate. I want to talk to you about Zach Merritt. No Parrish, no Satterfield and a four weeks fixture that is really opening up this Saturday night. Dreamtime at the G against Richmond, West Coast, North Melbourne, Carlton. Is this a real, and coming off not the perfect month in terms of his scoring, is this a real easy midfield premium to go after for those that need that premium mid upgrade? Yeah, of course it is. So it's it's easy. It's easy picking. But I do want to call out, Hmm. he's he's the only one left in that midfield. So... If we only saw Eagles last week come out and target Noah Anderson and That's tag right. Noah Anderson, like where do you reckon they're going next week when they play Essendon? If they're going to tag, he is the only one. Yeah. So just be aware that that's the – now, I don't think it's a massive risk because the way that Zach Merritt does is he's a gut runner, he's outside, he doesn't really rely on centre bounces and around stoppages or anything like that. He will find a lot of ball. He will. And the way that Essendon's game plan is, 
it's really made for Zach Merritt to actually yeah. go big. I like say, I don't see any risk in that. I think he has to be in the top three or four premium trading targets this week. I agree. Uh, while we're talking about premium midfielders, Rory Laird coming off a vest. I know people are concerned about the calf. That wasn't the reason he got red vested. It was rather that kind of winding knock that happened to him early in the fourth. Is he still a trade-in target for you or is he now a post-buy option? No, he has to be, doesn't he? He was on 100 points at three-quarter time when he got traded, um, when he got vested. Yep. If that's oh. if he's he was moving the best I've ever seen like this year, okay. I don't think I've seen him move better. So okay. I think people get so and I mean, why wouldn't the coach put the vest on him? He's bloody important to them, yeah. Fifty points up with a quarter to go. Like there's nothing to gain. Well, exactly. Um, so what and it was against the quality outfit. That's the other thing. Like, I know that Saints, like, give up a bit of points, but around the stoppages and everything else where Laird's big, mm. like, he's he's absolutely, like, you think Crouch, you think, what is it, Hunter Clark, you think yeah. Steele, you think, Saints are yeah. very solid around the stoppage, mate. Yeah. It's like, if Laird, that's a pretty good effort. A hundred points against the Saints around the stoppage heavy. In three quarters. In three quarters. Yeah. Like I, I, I just if if people are trying to find the negative in that, I like, yeah, the negative is he didn't play that last quarter. But guess what? If he did, I reckon he junks it to about 135, 140. He's Yep. I think um, non-owners have been kissed, and mm-hmm. I think owners have sadly, unfortunately, copped that bad luck again. And, I mean, as a Rory Laird owner from start from day one this year, mm. it's been an awful experience. Like, and we've It's been bad luck. It's times. not a bad selection. It's bad luck. Well, it's sometimes, like, I mean, who, you know, that humidity game in round one against GWS. Sure. And then, like, and I mean, I'm getting a bit tired of coaches not declaring when someone's injured. Like, take a bit of pressure off your star mid, yeah? Come out and say, hey, stop making up all these stories and everything else and just say, he's he's injured. Like, he's doing his best. He's working through it. Leave him alone and just communicate it. And, like, I'm looking at you, Longmuir, as well, with Gabby (laughs) Brayshaw. Like... How many, how long did, he just went week after week, didn't say a word about Brayshaw, and then suddenly after all the Like six weeks. And goes, oh, yeah, by the way, he's been carrying a knee. (laughs) And been doing it since February. (laughs) And it's like, thanks, mate. Like, great work. And don't think, and as a fantasy coach, yeah, and I mean, I said, wouldn't we love to know this information? Oh, it'd be slightly helpful for us. But what about so this... the 40 journos, mate? They're writing yeah. negative stories about this guy making a living. He's not interested. Yeah. Like, free are out of form. He He's doesn't injured. want to be there. No, He's the guy's injured. just injured, and the coach has been stubborn about telling you about it. All right, there's four more players I want to ask you about before we hit our Patreon question. Oh, that's about five minutes on each player then. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Well, we'll try to move through them quickly. It might be an AFL fantasy play only. That's my caveat around it, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Bailey Smith. 
he worries me. Mm. Not because it's Bailey Smith. I love Bailey Smith. I love how he plays. Great player. Yeah. But you know what worries me is I watched that game, and I know I've spoken to the guys at the CP chat as well. Mm. He was starting in the CBAs. Yes. And I don't know where he was running to, but it looked like he was just on his bike and he was running from like, and it was like he ran away from the midfield at times. I didn't know what he was doing at times. So, and I, it's hard to tell on TV as well. So, and Bevo just does some crazy Bevo things at times. So I don't know, like I couldn't be, like he's done well the last couple of weeks. He's going to be in yeah. CBAs until Trelaw comes back. Yeah. Like, I mean, enjoy the ride while you can, but just beware. I, at the, I agree with all of that. I, worst case scenario, you're trading at his buy. The only little flag I'd wave that's probably not been captured much by it is Adelaide have been a really difficult team to score against for opposing midfielders. So um, that might be the only little flag there. This might be a super coach one, but I'll throw it in there anyway. Darcy Cameron's been named in the 26, barring injury. He looks like he was flying out of the gate. I think he went like a 105, 130 and an 89 against the Tigers in round three before an injury pops. Is it jumping a week early or is Darcy Cameron a really important play for us in Supercoach? He's a very important play. Now, I think he's a very important play in all three formats. And I've said this in other chats and everything else as well. I think he's the play if you own Callum Mills this week in AF. Because mm. what it does is it's not so much about Darcy Cameron, okay? You're bringing in Darcy Cameron, but it's almost a direct swap for a Callum Mills, for instance. Yep. But what it does, and I spoke about this a couple, like last week, getting two rucks for your buys every single Huge. round is enormous. And that's what Darcy Cameron does for you because he's around 14 buy and mm. guess what if you own marshall in english right now that means you've got two rucks every buy round but the thing is this the second trade what can you do to generate that cash back that you lost in mills being injured and copping that bad luck so really you're getting an important cog to the team yep. for your buy structures in darcy yep. cameron yes it's ideal if we wait a week sure okay I get that. But the thing is, you need to have those little options. And then it's the second trade where you can try and get that cash back and yeah, trade right. into a Harry Sharp from a dead rook, for instance. And suddenly you've got a little bit of cash generation on the bench happening. Yeah, it's nice. All right, last two guys. I'll pair them together for two reasons. They play on the same team and they have the same first name. Lockie, Ash and Whitfield. Got a really nice matchup this week. Um, defenders, especially halfbacks, score really well against the Saints. Paddy Parnell getting a ton. That's all you need to know is partial proof of that. Is there a preference for you in either format or player? Or is it kind of irrelevant about which of those two lockies are, are considerations for you? No, I think they have to be everyone's consideration, both of them, in all the formats. Yep, I agree with that. The only problem I got with Whitfield is his history of injury. Sure. But I don't think that should be a deciding factor. Like, the fact is he's less than 800,000 in AF at the moment. Yep. He's got that round 15 buy, which is awkward. Yep. So does Ash, obviously. Yep. 
Yeah. It's awkward. But Ash would be uh, by play. Yeah, he'd be a five-week runner, a, a bit more. You than run up Whitfield to his buy, and then you move off him. Yeah, there's more of a plan. Whereas Whitfield is potentially a longer keeper because mm-hmm. this guy's got history. Yeah, he can go 120. Like, and we always see guys that come home in that second half of the year fly mm-hmm. home. We talk about it every year, and yeah. often it sucks us in the year after. Yep. Whitfield's going to be absolutely important, and he's got that really good role that we've always been screaming out for for years now for him to get in that halfback role. So, yeah, it's like both of those guys are absolutely worth looking at. Yep. All right, fair enough. All right, time to hit some of our Patreon questions before we look to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to become a Patreon supporter, we give you exclusive access to a bunch of different pieces of content, hidden groups. Depending on the tier level of support you get to, you also get some bonus podcasts and articles that don't get heard anywhere else. All the details to become a Patreon you can find in the description of this podcast, or alternatively, you can just go to coachespanel.tv to find out. Here's the first one. I'm going right to the bottom of the questions and then we'll work our way up. I really should have looked at this first. Ben Kildee, Ash versus Whitfield in AFL fantasy. Yeah, just repeat what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I mean, at the end of the day, you're pretty much only paying 50000 more for Whitfield Difference. than you are Ash. And I think Whitfield's got the more locked in role. And probably a better ceiling too. Yeah, yeah oh, he's definitely got a – oh, well, I wouldn't say he's definitely got the better ceiling because Ash has got shown potential. That's true. So – and I mean, even last week, Ash went big. So, yeah, but I would spend the extra 50 and get Whitfield. Yep, fair enough too. All right, James has a question. Dream Team and Supercoach, he says, Hey, gents, thanks for all the great content. Would be very interested to hear your thoughts about how many trades you think we should be running with at this point in the season. And then again, by the end of the buys, i.e. how many should we have left? And that's assuming you have a team of primos by the end of the buys. What should we be aiming to do? Lots of questions there. What's your overall thoughts in their formats? Look, it's always hard because it depends on how aggressive you've been and how much bad luck you've had over the course of the journey. But I would say you want to exit the buy rounds, you know, completed yep with about eight trades to go if you can get to that stage yep i think it's some nice advice jack has an afl fantasy question uh sitting in 20k rank so i'm just here for have some fun now is dry simpkin worth the risk uh dry simpkin that's an interesting name um yeah so another round 15 buy he's got averaging in the low 80s um and from a price point perspective he's just seven hundred and eight thousand. yeah but see this is where like this is why i'm so hesitant like simpkin's got a break even of nearly 100 mm-hmm. coming off a 82 last week <clears throat> So what is he? Is he a point play? Is he a cash play? Like, I don't know. Is understand. it trying to get out of jail with Mills play? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, if, you, if you're trying to get out of jail with Mills, then potentially. Sure. Um, 
but the thing is you're not going to make any cash out of it. What you'd no. like to do, and this is why I mentioned the Darcy Cameron thing the other just earlier, yeah. is you're bettering your team for the buys, and then you use the second trade to try and generate that cash back. I don't know what Simpkin really does, and what he is going to do is he's going to drive your bloody nuts. That's what he's going to do because yeah. he's just a frustrating guy to own. Yeah, you'd almost rather wait the week, see what life exists like under Ratten, and if he pops the hundred, his price his price is going to be negligible to what it is. So I agree. I think get a Darcy Cameron who structurally supports you a little bit better. Go get an Ash who's got a great matchup and will cost you a similar amount. Has got a better break even. And if you, if Simpkin pops next week for you, Jack, then happy days. Uh, David wants to know where's Chesser. He's on the extended bench. David, that's where he is. So we'll wait and see how it goes. Well, he did that. play Waffle last week and he had 20-odd possessions and looked pretty good and got through the game unscathed. So I think he gets um, named. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is too. Andrew has given me his whole super coach team um, and told me cash tra um, trades in the bank and boots, boosts left. Andrew, I'll send you a direct message and answer that yourself because there's some really good things we could do with that team. But there's 30 names we're going to read and we're not going to work through them all, but I'll send you a private message as a Patreon. It's one of the perks you get, friend. We'll help you out. Hey, Fantasy... had, what, what a perk, though. You had MJ slide into your DMs, mate. Yeah, I, I've not slidden into anybody's DMs, mate. I've been married for nearly 20 years. I ain't no sliding into any DMs, that's for sure. Mate, I could see your hair. It's definitely the case. <laughs> Tonight, he's put no effort on his hair at all today. Well, Kane's not here. I've got nothing else to live up to, mate, so it's fine. Uh, Dylan's got an AFL fantasy question. He says he's a little cash strapped and he's looking at guys like Witherden, Atkins, uh, Duncan. Clearly, this was before teams where he was not out. Um, any of the guys that are around that sort of 700,000 defensive space you like in AF? Is Ash the one who he hasn't mentioned there? Ash. I've got three names that I don't mind. Um, sure. I wouldn't trade into them with any confidence. Sure. So Ash would be 100% one on the list. Mm -hmm. Witherden would be definitely one on the list, um, mm -hmm. especially with the news just recently that Hearn's going to miss at least the next two, I think it was. I think so, yeah. Um, and the other guy is just a sneaky one is Bailey Williams for the Western Bulldogs. Ooh, I think he's averaging about 90 in AF over the past three weeks too. So not bad. Hodgie from AF has a question as well. Perryman or Kennedy, both about 650K, um, can run to the final bye. Kennedy's probably the better scorer, but the bigger sub risk. Either of those two you like? Nah, I don't. No, fair enough. I don't blame you. Talk to me about Kennedy, by the way, because I've seen his name pop up through the community a little bit bit i'm of the belief he got a lot of midfield opportunity because he got the job on bond i thought he did a pretty good job last week for what it was worth cherry gets squeezed out of the midfield rotation we know walsh is a 50 50 sort of guy spending a lot of time off half forward he will pick up dpp in uh this time like in 10 days time but have you got any confidence about Matt Kennedy? I, I've seen his name pop through the community. I see why there's hype, but I have zero confidence to even advocate for it as a track. Well, what was it? Two years ago, he had the role um, and he yep. scored pretty well with the role. Yeah, start the last year, yeah. Yeah, but then Carlton went out and got Hewitt last year. Then they mm -hmm. went out and got, I think it was Chera, you know, two years. Same before. time. Same yeah. time. And then they went out and got um, the other guy last year. What was it? Acres. Mm-hmm. So 
there's I just got no confidence, mate. They've got too many mouths in there. Yeah. But you okay. know, I'm just gonna say something about Carlton. It's so easy for me. Like, just look at that team list. Isn't it mm-hmm. Cripps, Walsh, and Chera all day as you start in mids and then you rotate your Kennedys and your Hewitts Hewitt. through there? Like it just, I just don't know what Voss is trying to do at the moment. So I'm confused by him. Um, so until you get some certainty that there's a tight midfield mix rotation going through there, or four or five names, yeah. you just can't have confidence traded into six hundred and fifty thousand dollar guys. Yeah, the only Carlton player I've got confidence in through that mix would be Walsh. And again, we're about to get him as a forward, so that's fair enough. Cause a B seven in AFL fantasy. Who do I trade first? So who's going out first? Hollands, Chandler, Hunt, or Chincotta? Who of those four is going out for you? Well, teams might make that choice for you nice That's and easy true. this week. It might be Chincotta if he's um, not in the 22. Otherwise, yep. Chandler's an absolute trade out. You just got to um, – with Hunt's really hard because mm. – You've already eaten that really hunt like school. Like, yeah. so he's just been so good this year that you probably deserves another chance. Yeah. And he's got a now he's priced just a touch under 650, over 650,000. An 87 break even is within his capacity. Remember, just a fortnight ago, he was coming off the back of back to back 90s. So a match against Hawthorne this week, I, I, he's likely to slide. 10, 20K, but that's not a disaster. Yeah, but um, he's made 200. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's not like It's negligible that. loss. And and he's every chance of giving you another 5K boost. And um, he's got a good matchup, mate. Yeah. Whereas Chandler's got, what is it, a 70 break even, and he plays a really tough port. Yes. Yeah. And plays Friday night. Um, yeah. For you. I just yeah. think Chandler's got to be the number one list. Like, but Chin Cotter, every chance not to make the 22 from what we're looking at. Yeah, fair enough. Last, uh, maybe four or five questions before we wrap up the episode. Sam Penny, he's an owner of McRae. He's got a break. This is AFL Fantasy. Uh, break even of 110. He's looking like the loss in cash value isn't going to stop anytime soon. For the McRae owners, do we ride it out to his buy? Do we ride it out for DPP? Or is time ready to go? And I've got to apologize to MJ. I was one of those guys early on that was like, oh, you just got to trust at some stage. Like, because like, and I, I think I've got this one wrong. Bevo's just, I don't know what Bevo's doing, but McRae doesn't look like the usual McRae at all. Hasn't well, And he's here. not playing in the role of the usual McRae either. To, for, yeah, but to his, that role his... though, he has, you know, that half forward um, mid role. It has been okay, like for yeah. him in the past. Yes, it has. It's just, I don't know why he's doing what he's doing, but it's working. They're winning games of football. So, yeah, they're not changing. Nothing's it. changing. So, if you don't, I don't see McRae hitting 110, like, no, especially no. against Adelaide. So, yeah. if you've got the luxury of moving him on now, um, why not? And Would I you mean, prioritise that over moving out a, a Hollands, a Chandler sort of type again? Well, Hollands Sam has still got, like that, but... let's say Hollands has still got another 50000 potentially to make. I think he does. So, yeah, so I would 
probably do that. Yep. I don't mind that. Last couple. Grimo's got a super coach question uh, for his second trade. He said his bench isn't great. Rouston to Sharp or Ashcroft to a primo? Wait a sec. So I'm second bit... trade. He's just said he's got a crap bench. So he's looking to get Rouston to Sharp. He could do that, or he's got the money to get Ashcroft up to a primo instead. Yeah, but wait a sec. So, like, obviously you've answered your own question by saying my bench is rubbish. (laughs) Do I go and fix the bench, Mm. or do I go and trade someone that scored 100 points last week to a premium that potentially could score 110 points? Like, I think it's it's like – You've answered your own question. You know what I mean? It's yep. just, it's hard to do those little moves at times. But if you've yep. worried about cash gen, they're the little cash gen ones that you can do when you have a luxury trade and you've got no pressing issues. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really good call. Super coach question from Adam. Just got into the top 300 overall. Well done, Adam. Uh, with JJ who's only owned uh, 1% of teams in the top 1,000. Look, he's been great pickup so far. He's not going to be probably in my finished team, but I'm worried that one bad score could really set me back. When do you think is the appropriate time to jump off him? And do you think I need to? From a perspective, just while you're processing that uh, question there, Riz, in terms of deciding where... Oh, you don't need to. You don't need to because I already own JJ and Super. I was about to tell you the break even is 77 and he's probably 135. Okay. It's all good. JJ is looking like um, close enough to a D6 option right now in Super Coach. Yeah. He's he's flying and he's getting better week after week. Um, There was a couple of games that I'm sure um, the question fell up is. yeah, that might be the Giants to. where he went 73 a week and a bit ago. Yeah. So he's had a couple of knocks in games where he's been slow to get up and stuff like that. He, I don't know whether he's a drama queen or not, but he seems to sometimes take a bit of time to get off the ground after a bit of a body contact or if he rolls his ankle or something. So, But you don't trade out of that guy until it's been proven that it's time to trade out of him, if that makes sense. Yeah, Adelaide, Gold Coast, Geelong, Port Adelaide, and North Melbourne before the bye. Um, And And post after the bye, they've got an amazing run. I think they play nine of the bottom 10 teams. Yeah, so Fremantle, Collingwood, Sydney, Essendon, Giants, Richmond, Hawthorne, West Coast, and then Geelong, who, depending on where they're at on the ladder, could very much be in a position of just letting the game just roll. But one of the things about JJ is he's taking a lot more kick-ins too recently. And yeah. he's he's doing the typical old – you remember when JJ was a defender? Yeah, 2016 premium? JJ, absolute beast. He was taking kick-ins and he was just running. He, he would just get on his bike and, you know, kick it to himself or whatever it was. And he'd just get on his bike and run past guys for the handballs. He's doing it. He did it last week. He yeah. was. He even took kick-ins, didn't run out of the square, which I got infuriated with, mm. chipped it to someone, and then ran past and got the extra kick <laughs> on the way back through. And it's like, oh, my God, just run out of this. Just take your step out of that square, for God's sake. But he's looking great. 
Yep, I agree with that. All right, last couple before we wrap up this podcast. JP Fan 3, one of the most active Patreons we have. Love getting messages from him almost every single day. The dude's a beast. Well, you've uh, slipped into another lot of DMs, have you, MJ? Uh, no, he just sends them to me, mate. Please watch yourself. <laughs> uh, no, no, it doesn't hold up in court, does it? Uh, Supercoach, uh, three outs. Hopper, Chandler, Davey. Using his second last boost, he wants to bring in Clary, Humphrey, and Drury. Your take? Yeah, just do it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that one too. Second last one, Ian McRae. Again, long-time uh, supporter of the coaches panel. The big fella. Yeah, big. We love Ian. Uh, he's not in my DMs. If you said, if your season's gone down the toilet, uh, you're drinking too many bourbons at the trade table, who's a couple of players that might just be fun to own for the rest of the year? Uh, does he... Uh... This is a uh, big fella, so he's probably talking about Dream Team, is he? Yeah, uh, he hasn't given me a format, but it's pretty safe, yeah. Yeah, go jump on. Um... Oh, that's interesting. If you a fun ride for, for a dozen weeks. Quantum Pelly's a fun ride. He'd be fun. Yeah, I think Walsh would be a fun ride. Yeah, I'm a Walsh owner in that format. It's been very enjoyable for five weeks. I, I tell you what, and I only mentioned his name before, I reckon Hobbs might be a fun ride if he gets yeah, that right role. For he, long enough? Yeah, because he's got the blonde hair. You notice him a fair bit. Yeah. Like, I tell you who's not a fun ride. Oh, no, here we go. Jack Zebel. Oh, that'll be a nervous ride. Yeah, don't do that to yourself, big fan. Yeah, so don't do that one, mate. Yeah, all right. Um, and last one, uh, Causa B7. Who in Supercoach out of Clary and Petrarca and Sharp or Humphrey, Sarong and Stewart do I choose? Which of those combinations do you like? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, Clary and Sharp or Petrarca and Sharp. So that's one. Or Humphrey with the other being a Sarong and Stewart. Which of those incarnations do you like i'd probably lean towards a petrarca slash oliver and, and then sharp, sharp as the but extra not, reason i don't love sharp sure but he's gonna Humphrey make feels touch. a better cow in super coach over sharp to me yeah humphrey does but you're paying for it but humphrey did have that shocker just a recently so. yeah he did um, and I mean, again, I know that every rookie at the moment smells Vesti. I'd rather a Vesti 120 than a 200. Yep. And I think that's a fair enough shout too. I think that's a fair enough shout too. Hey, Rids, you've been an absolute superstar on this episode as you have been every single podcast you've been on with us. I uh, appreciate your work, my friend. Easy, easy, easy. If you want to go back and listen to this or any of the other podcasts we've done throughout the season or the preseason, you can get them wherever you've been listening to this episode. There's a couple of new articles online at coachespanel.tv, the break-even, some trade priorities and some other stuff. All the details uh, for where you can go and look at those articles, coachespanel.tv. If you're on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, just search for the handle at coachespanel. You can get in touch with us. We'd love to do what we can. And of course, if you have enjoyed the content you've got from us this year, through the preseason or over the past couple of years you've been playing fantasy footy uh, you can become a patreon all the details to support the coaches panel you can find in the link of this podcast good luck this week we hope it goes well whatever the bullets you've held whatever the challenges you've had we hope you find a way to work through it this week and we can't wait to chat to you in our round table strategy episode yeah.